Welcome to Stories, a thread within the Protein podcast that features the stories behind the people at the intersection of community, culture, and technology. In this episode, I chat with Simon and Jack from Nearfield, a self-titled timeout for the UK countryside that celebrates the creators, curators, and communities that are making things happen in Bath, Bristol, and beyond. We cover the emotional need of bringing people together and the importance of local communities in creating a sense of place. This was our first recording from our new studio in Tisbury, with a bunch of our members in attendance, which felt appropriate on numerous levels. I hope you enjoy it. So welcome. Um, very excited to have Simon and Jack from Nearfield here today. Uh, I'm Will from Protein. For those who haven't met yet, I think I've met most of you. Uh, this is it's a lot of firsts. This is the first event in our space. This is the first issue of a new thing. First time you're down, first time a bunch of other people are down. Um, this is also the first of hopefully a few events that we're going to be doing down here to bring current members, future members together. Um, and it's nothing more than that. Um, based on a little poll we ran in my little WhatsApp group, uh, survey said events at 6 p.m. please, not at lunchtime. Future events will be at 6 p.m. with drinks, <laughs> but that's fine. Let's crack on. Um, so, yeah, today, very much uh, just to, as I said, bring some local uh, folks together um, and for these two to talk about their new venture, um, Nearfield. Uh, tell your friends. Um, and uh, I'm sort of trying out a new format, another first, that, um, hence the recording, that we will then put it out and share. And we've done a few, I've done a few, just around what we call uh, stories of growth. So uncovering uh, you know, people with ideas, entrepreneurs, business leaders, you know, what's their journey, what's their story. So I think we're going to like merge a couple of formats, see if it's any good, <laughs> and decide afterwards. So enough from me. Um, I just want to hear from you two, in, depending on who wants to go first, a quick introduction. Um, and then, yeah, we'd love to sort of unpack some of the ideas, thinkings, and hopes, uh, intentions for what you're looking to do with Nifield. Jack, you want to go first? I'll go first. Thanks, Will. Um, so I'm Jack Horner, and I, um, I'm from Bath originally. I identify as being from Bath, but I spent 26 years in London, uh, mainly running Crave Agency that worked in music and culture. And in fact, we, we never pitched against each other, but I think we sort of brushed up against protein and, and really respected a lot of the work when it was you know more kind of insight and trend and... Uh, and stuff led and um and my agency was called fruit and we actually we published a business magazine it was sort of we called it the harvard business review meets wired for the music industry and we did that for for several years um but we were a creative agency as well and so we worked with global brands and in culture and music and entertainment and film we had a team in hollywood that did a lot of work on on kind of brand partnerships there as well um and so i moved back to bath six years ago back to the motherland quite literally and uh, and I love it, and I've got to, like everyone else who lives in Bath, I've been in London, and I've got two kids, and I've come down the M4, a well-worn rut down the M middle of the M4 there, and um, and I really love it, but I, um, when I left Bath in my teens, you know, with my little 
napkin on my back to go and forge a career in the music industry in London, it was quite edgy. There were some wicked raves that were going on out on the A46 and you know, you'd uh, sort yourself out of the hat and feather on the London road before you went. And there was some moles was pretty iconic at the time and bands would come and play their sort of pre-Glastonbury sets there. There was a club called the Hub Club where Wall of Sound, which is a brilliant record label from London, had a monthly residency. There was all this stuff going on. It felt quite energized. And I think Bath has become, I don't know, it's kind of run now by white men in their 70s, it seems, you know, and there's a, there's, a, there's plenty of Mozart and, and the rest of it, but it feels like the energy is missing. So I'll leave it there. That's my sort of story back to coming back to Bath, and then you can talk about your journey. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, uh, Will, for inviting me, and it's, it's lovely to meet everybody. Um, my background is magazines. I... I can't believe that it's 2023 and I've just launched another print magazine. Um, it's, it's, you know, I'm doing my bit for the, the, the publishing industry in, in the Southwest. My background, I, I worked at Future Publishing for 10 years. I worked on video games magazines around the time of the launch of Xbox and PlayStation, which was a good time to be working in publishing because it was before the internet and publishers would phone and book an ad page for £10,000. And it was, it was a good time to be alive. Um, and then I worked in regional publishing for a bit, um, published a magazine for Jamie Cullum and a, a website for Sophie Dahl. And five years ago, I launched a magazine in Bath called Circus Journal, which grew from being... Um, 2,000 copies every few months to 10,000 copies across a 25-mile radius from Bath and Bristol. We had, a, we had a Bath edition, then we launched a Bristol edition, and then COVID hit and everything stopped. And um, it's funny, the, the, the distribution of the magazine was always something that I would outsource to a delivery agent. And then during COVID, all the delivery agents had COVID and weren't able to, to deliver magazines. And that was when you had sort of Bath in tier two and Bristol in tier three, and the rules were changing daily. And what used to be a spreadsheet going to the delivery agency, I was I literally had 10,000 magazines in the back of my car, driving around in the rain in Bristol, looking for businesses that were open, because we had this ad-funded magazine and needed to get magazines out. So anyway, had this great experience of publishing Circus for five years, which was a very, it was born from, uh, from joy, really. It was, a, it was a joyful exercise. It was a joyful endeavor. Um, we, we thought, wouldn't it be great to try and arrest the decline in regional publishing? Everyone knows about local newspapers. People don't buy local newspapers anymore. The standards of, of magazines like journalism, advertisers creating their own content. Um, and we thought, wouldn't it be great to try and create a magazine that had the ambition and values of a quality independent with great journalism, great design, great photography, but funded by advertising. So we did that for five years and it was great, but you know, magazines are a hard business. Um, it's, it, you know, it, it kind of washed its face, but what I became aware of is that there was this new generation of people moving to the Southwest from London who were moving down here because it's a beautiful place to live, great countryside, great schools, a gateway to the Southwest. But they were landing here and picking up our magazine, but they didn't know what was going on. And um, there's all, this great, uh, all these great events, all these great experiences going on, but 
there isn't a listings guide. The Southwest doesn't have a listings guide. Bristol has a couple of great listings guides. Um, there's some great venues. You know, you've got the, the cheese and grain in Froome where Paul McCartney played the night before Glastonbury. But um, apart from a couple of news items once or twice a year, no one ever goes out. And um, But there was this post-COVID, this kind of desire for people to come together and um, and have shared experiences, not just gigs and nights out, but work meetups and all these great events were happening. But there wasn't a um, other than us talking about them in a magazine every two months. There wasn't like an online platform, a place to go to find out about these events. And just to quantify when we talk about Southwest. And I think when you've got uh, Bath, uh, Bristol and beyond, just sort of map out the, the catchment. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I talked about Circus earlier. We had a Bath edition and a Bristol edition. Then we combined it into a 25-mile radius from Kelston is the sort of the, the centre point between Bath and Bristol. I think it's actually... Um, Canesham, but we thought Kelston was a bit edgier than Canesham. Well, Kelston, interestingly, has got, because we sort of cover the, the whole gamut of culture, Kelston's this tiny little place on a hill, but it's got a, there's a dude there with a record label, there's a really nice pub, there's a regenerative farming project, there's a gallery, and there's a venue, and we were like, for a village to have all the all aspects of kind Canesham of culture and entertainment, we were like, that's wicked, like, so Kelston's our spiritual home. Have you got a flag um, there? Have you got like we a, a marker? We have a Neolithic stone. In the village hall. <laughs> But we also realised yesterday we were, we were at lunch with a friend of ours at, at the Pig near Bath, um, who you know as well. Who's uh, our oh, good friend Anna? Good friend Anna, and um, and their map is actually they've got a twenty-five mile radius around the Pig, which all, and their map looks nicer than our map currently. So we might, might borrow their one. But yeah, this this sort of twenty-five mile thing was was. Um, inspired by the idea that we are used to driving around here, right? We're in villages and towns and, and sort of small cities. And so driving is all right. And if everyone in our catchment can pretty much go somewhere for a night out or a day out, and it's about an hour's drive or less, that feels like a sort of reasonable catchment. So we sort of stopped, we go from Clevedon to Devizes, uh, west to east, and then we go from Stroud to Bruton, sort of north to south and then just capture you guys in there and like up for debate whether that's right or not we've only just started so but it's it feels like a sort of reasonable distance and and if we can unearth stuff 10 miles away 15 miles away that you've never heard of it's it, it's if it's good enough for you if it's a category of event that you're into you'll travel 10 15 minutes to get there we think we hope but well that's the test begins now and bristol and bath are definitely the the, the the primary locations within that 25 mile map but as jack says within 45 minutes to an hour's drive there's there's some really interesting places we go to lots of co-work spaces there is this this new breed of people moving to the southwest um, wanting to meet up, you know, wanting to work together and find out what's on. But it was born by our experience, really, wasn't it, of, of knowing that there were some, some great events and great event producers, curators putting on events, but nobody would know about them till after they'd happened. Unless you followed the social media channel of Comedia or the Bristol Old Vic or the Cheese and Grain, you wouldn't know about these events outside of their existing communities. 
it's it's a, it's a real it's a problem beyond this area of course is that unless you sign up to like 40 mailing lists of various venues and cinemas you can't actually figure out what's going on and our pithy one-liner elevator pitch that i know you like will is time out for the countryside like so london gets a time out and you can find out about everything by category or less so now they've sort of changed it but um we were like why can't the countryside have that as well so you just say i like hip-hop and whatever art and i want to go out next weekend and it says well there's three things and there's one in Froome and there's one in Chippenham and there's one in Trowbridge like off, off your toddle and and we can unearth these interesting things that are going on um, and and as I've been you know we're, we're sort of bootstrapping it so I've been the data entry clerk <laughs> for the last three weeks like banging events in and chasing people up and actually I've been putting in events Western Supermare's got an amazing theatre that is really well programmed and I'm like that's on my list of things to do now I'm like, I want to go there and then there's like a brewery that does events in Froome and there's a and I'm, things are on my own doorstep and even our, our, we did a little launch event this week at the Electric Bear in Bath which is a brewery down on one of the industrial estates and so many people that I knew who are from Bath you were about to say including you right hadn't been there before and I'm like what they do events every week they do a gaming night they do this and they do tastings and like there's stuff going on all around us so we don't need to create new events we need to unearth the stuff that's going on already um, and hopefully put a load more money there's an economic argument to this about the experience economy there's a load of stuff that struggles right and, and a lot of the time in, in these sort of lovely sleepy rural communities we've all moved here to sort of get off the mad carousel of London or wherever you've come from and, and actually we don't go out enough so it, a lot of places struggle to fill the rooms or the bars or the events or the restaurant. And, and we hope that we can help address that. If we, if we can collate a database of people and we know what they want to do, then we can help sort of direct traffic to different places. Yeah, and I'm fully subscribed to that. And especially as a fellow DFL. Um, and we're actually, we're not ever using that term. In you're our, not. No. Well, we just thought. You're either got to lean into it or just own I know, it. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, that's the alternative. But I we, use it every day when talking yeah. to advertisers, <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. I don't know, it's, it's just, um, it's it's quite loaded, isn't it? It's become, and there's some of the sort of towns and villages around here. That yeah, I'm going to come on to that. Oh, okay, later. yeah, yeah, yeah. Make, Can make, I just talk about the numbers as well? Because yeah. Jack talked about building a database. That, that 25 mile um, map where the pig get all their ingredients from, which is also our distribution map, that we think there are one and a half million people that live within that 25 mile, one hour drive. And we're, we're thinking if we can, if we can get maybe 10% of that one and a half million to sign up to our platform and they will register with their preferences, where they live, what they're interested in, what they want to know more about, then they can use the platform as a, um, a repository of information, like a um, something to use to find out what's on. But when we know more about them, we can start serving content into their inbox and celebrating it in the print magazine. So if you're interested in the ex example we use is Folktronica in Clevedon, we can let you know where the nearest Folktronica gig is to Clevedon on a, on a Tuesday night. Big in Clevedon. So if, yeah. we can aim, <laughs> if we can aim for 10% of that 1.4 million people, we think we're adding something and creating it something. a meaningful enough audience to, to sort of steer traffic to. No, I love that. And uh, what, what um, certainly as a DFL, coming in and an advocate of local businesses coming out of COVID. And this was solely motivated by my local, which is the Compasses, which I feel very, one of actually the reasons we moved where we live because it's such a great pub, um, <laughs> to Ben. It was just like, and Ben is, for those who haven't been to the Compasses, go. For those who have been, you know what I'm talking about. It's a pub that has, has been very fortunate 
That's one small example of uh, an establishment that is excellent, has got an incredible reputation and ultimately hasn't needed to market itself because it's just known to be great. Then COVID hits and everything gets thrown out the window in terms of operating hours, license, like staffing. And they're like, oh shit, what, what am I going to do as operator? Like, it, like with my pub, with my business. And that he then switches in from a local and a community perspective. And I'm talking about regionally here, you know, it just shifts the mindset of like, well, how can I help? And loads of great initiatives of like uh, paying forward, buying vouchers on, on a very practical cash flow basis. But then on a level up of like, well, if everybody knows what's going on and there's a curry and quiz night or there's like sushi Fridays or whatever those really simple ideas are, you know, that to me is sort of what that, what that unlocks. So it's basically taking the bigger near field you know, catchment, but how that localizes, you know, somewhere around here. I hear that example a lot. So um, there's a place in Stroud called the Prince Albert, which is a pub. I'm not sure if anybody knows this, but it's it's a real community asset. It's a co-work space. It's um, a place for, you know, um, parents and young children to go during the day. They have art exhibitions in the evening, but they're really struggling financially and, and the community would be lost without it. So they're working really hard to be relevant and important and serve their communities. But we probably have to do more of a job in encouraging people and activating people to go out and, and support these projects. Yeah, And it's tough. And coming on to, you know, frame example, and I mean, two of the guys here, James and us from a project down here which was a community initiative for a pub that went down to launch you know there's there's a healthy friction is it healthy unhealthy there is a friction <laughs> between you know we're between dfls who are coming down saying this would be a great idea to locals who would be like actually no i quite like it what's the room make room shit again um you know <laughs> it's like actual campaign <laughs> It's a, it's a funny it's like T-shirt. A it's yeah. a funny T-shirt, but I think you know. But it's if you, an, if you, if you it's read an the important discussion, there, right? The, the really unaffordable housing now for people that are from there. There's a sort of uncomfortable truth to it as well, which is you know there are sort of two rooms and two baths and two you know trowbridges or whatever. Yeah. And and you know that's a reality of our time, of our location, our privilege. Uh, but ultimately. I think it's, I mean, there's no clear answer to it, but I think just in terms of recognizing it as you do show up or as you do contribute or as you, uh, you know, as you are a member of the community, definitely sort of recognizing that. We also think that we can um, play a role in regenerating some areas that, that could do with a boost. So clearly you've got, we've been in Bruton this morning, we're in Tisbury now, beautiful places, plenty of money around here. Then you've got places like Trowbridge, which um, historically has really suffered in terms of its reputation ever since the planners decided to put a car park in the middle of the town 25 years ago and build all the shops around the outside. It's been derided. But what we notice now, going back to the down from London thing again, is so many tech and creative companies are relocating to the southwest from London but the people they need, the talent they need to employ can't afford to live in Bath, in, Cl in Clifton, in, in Bruton. So they're moving out to Trowbridge and we're noticing because we're trying to make sure that we've got boots on the ground in those places as well as the more affluent ones that suddenly there's a speakeasy opening or, you know, there's a Mexican night on, a, you know, someone's launched a new sushi bar or something in Trowbridge. So we think that we can shine a spotlight on those places that traditionally have struggled to try and encourage people 
people to go out there as well as places like this. Because yeah, if there's a wicked hip hop night on in Trowbridge, well, I might go there, right? But I'm not going to just go to Trowbridge. That's not the, you know, that's it's not a destination in and of itself. But I'll go to a thing in Trowbridge, and some friends of ours run an architecture practice there, and a sort of urban planning setup um, called called uh, Bebo, and it's. Um, They've got a co-working space there and it's similar sort of aesthetic to this and it's in one of the warehouses in Trowbridge. It's kind of cool. And and they're trying and it's like, right, well, I've been there twice for talks like this and that's that's great. But I only knew about that because I happen to have met the founder of it and no one else I know even knows it exists. So I think if we can start putting these places on the map, you, you start sort of helping people find their people, find their tribes, find their new collaborators, find their allies. Um, and that's, that, I mean, that really is at the core of this. There's a social purpose here for, for me and for Simon that we can help people connect to other people in areas that have suffer a lot from isolation and sort of, you know, misperception that why would I go to Trowbridge? Well, there's, there's probably 10 good reasons to go to Trowbridge for most people, but they won't know about them. So if we can surface the stories, which is why we have a magazine, um, and we can surface the events, which is why we have a website, and, and push stuff out to people via email, which makes us a good partner and collaborator, then there's a little kind of ecosystem there that can help prop up the experience economy and, and events. Yeah, but also bringing people together, right? Yeah. <clears throat> In terms of the community, a place for the community to commune. And if that enables new relationships to form, business opportunity whatever those you know yeah. connections or conversations lead to and you know we're finding it already here in our own microcosm version of that of you know people know people and might be a couple of degrees sort of separated but you know as long as that uh, clarity and that intention is set on the uh, offset on the outset then you know that certainly helps sort of attract all the, the the types of folks that you're looking for we think it has lots of benefits including health benefits there's been um news about people being lonely and if you don't have any um interaction with another human being it's the equivalent to you know drinking a bottle of wine a day or, or smoking or whatever and so we think there are lots of benefits you make that up <laughs> <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I love so, that something like that <laughs> if that, you don't talk to someone it's, it's, it's like smoking it's like drinking that. wine yeah. so yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think Where's i made yeah, maybe i did make it up um <laughs> But yeah, lots, lots and lots of benefits of bringing people together and particularly, like I say, for the venues that are really struggling, just to be able to cast that net slightly wider and help them get people into events. And yeah, I mean, we're, I think we're all needing it and you guys have definitely scratched that itch. Um, and I mean, practical questions for this audience and for the people who are hopefully listening. How, what do you want people to do? Like, what's the practical sort of ask in terms of your sort of needs uh, to help, you know, grow Nearfield? So there are I think there are three or maybe four, as I start to say them, partners in this game. There are the audience who, you know, we need people to sign up to at thenearfield.com and just drop some information in. And the website is super beta, right? It's very, very basic, but but there's a couple, there's three or 400 events and two or 300 venues. And we, we've got about 16 categories of event. We're keeping it simple with the taxonomy. Eventbrite, I've got hundreds, you know, and, and it's great, but we haven't broken music down by genre yet. But we'll do that later. But at the moment it's live music, you know, to keep it simple. Exactly. Yes. So, so you can browse by different categories, you can sign up and you can hopefully start finding stuff. And soon we'll send out a little email each week, which will be quite light touch. And it will, it will have a degree of personalization and it will be very light. And, and we're hoping that the open rate of the emails and the engagement with it will be high because there's so, there's no other 
way of finding it out, right? So I mean, it will be one of the ones I hope people will keep in their inbox and have a quick scan through because there's no other way of finding this stuff out in a consolidated way. So rather than signing up to 40 websites, you've got an email that at least gives you a bit of inspiration. Over time, that'll get more personalized. So thing number one is we need to build an audience. Um, thing number two is uh, advertisers and partners that are um, coming into this and Protein, very kindly, was I think the first through the door with an advert. So uh, well done indeed. And it looks great in there as well. It, it fits, doesn't it? It feels like in context and um, and it's the right audience and the right, you know, the right vibe aesthetically. And um, uh, we need advertisers uh, who want to reach this audience. There's 10,000 copies in uh, going out across the whole region. Uh, and, uh, and again, this is unaudited, but roughly speaking, if this is in a barber's or in, in a co-work space, five to 10 people will probably read it over the two-month period it's in situ. So 10,000 copies is 50 to 100,000 people, which is, you know, we're getting close to those sort of numbers that we aspire to be able to reach, which is great. And then the last thing is stockists. We want places that will um, chuck a few in, the, in their shop. We went through the Bruton High Street this morning and chucked some in galleries. And we've already got 500 stockists in the region. So there's, there's a lot of people that are taking it. But um, yeah, it's just we've got to get it out there. So yeah, it's um, really and then eventually once we've got all those bits, we want to collaborate with people like you guys on on co-promoting and partnering in delivering events as well. Because once we've got the database and the media channel, well, we can go. Well, look, we there's no Folktronica coming up in Clevedon in the next two months. Well, we'll do some Folktronica or tis, in Clevedon or Tisbury or Tisbury. Yeah, yeah, it's bereft of Folktronica. It's one of the main things people talk about. That model in is really successful in Bristol, actually. So there's there's a few examples where <clears throat> promoters are working with venues um, to put on events and the media and they work really like team love will work with crack and put on events like love saves the day. It works really well in Bristol, but I think, you know, my experience of living and working in Bath over, you know, Bath's a, a much smaller place. It's only 12 minutes down the road on the train from Bristol, but everyone seems to work in silos and isolation and we're trying to foster a greater sense of collaborative working. And if I may, maybe a fourth ask uh, for your patron um, oh, yeah. support. Oh, a Patreon, Patreon. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. We, we, well, in the future, we think there are probably membership ways of becoming a member and you could get a discount card in certain places. There's all sorts of ways that we could sort of extend um, the, the, the model. But to keep it simple for now, we just bunged a Patreon up and, and it means that people can get delivered a copy for, I can't remember what we charge for in the end, is it £3 a month or something like that? It's a, it's a, it's a tiny amount um, to get a magazine that if you bought it in, um, do you know Mag Galleria in Bath, the magazine shop? Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. So in, in there, you know, magazines cost from sort of 10 to 40 quid, 50 quid. So we, we would hope um, that this will be a, a sort of a, a meaningful, valuable thing. And if people want to subscribe, they can get one sent to them rather than going to have to try and find one. And then there's a couple of other tiers for people that want to um, get involved a bit more. And we're going to be hosting, again, the collaborative working thing. We're going to be hosting a series of um, breakfasts and lunches and walks across the whole region, um, maybe even sort of hubbed out of places like Protein Studios, where we'll come down here and we'll get some people to come along. And, and um, it, they might be paid for, they might be sponsored, or they might be Patreon special events. To just connect, start connecting people, start getting people in the same room and having these sort of shared conversations. So. I like the walk idea. Yeah. We were talking about it down here as a place, um, back to Ben at the Compasses, um, which is a popular walking destination. Uh, and in there, they've got various walking maps. Uh, but one of the ideas coming out of this sort of COVID response for the local businesses, you know, you could just recast that map 
with all of the local businesses in. So, you know, come to Messam's to see something, pick up a coffee on the high street at Provenance, you know, go to walk up to Pit House. Like, if you could sort of take that listing, perfect, field trip, thank you. <laughs> your local area, all, all of your interesting... Like field trips. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like field trips. Just there like you go, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing, and, and and I think we can be smart. And if we if we do one of those each issue for two years, we can make a book of field trips that's got not just a walk, but it touches on a couple of local businesses, a, a wicked pub. You know, I think that's walks aren't walks without a wicked pub involved. So so to have that as our little maps would be great. And there's lots of like good pub guides to Bath and Bristol and all. Yeah, that but sort if of it's stuff. local, and it's curated, and it's and it's not just one thing, and you're you're bringing in and it the lens is local community or independent local community, then, you know, it becomes immediately, immediately appealing, especially for those who are from the area or more accurately people with kids who don't know what to do at the weekends, which was my suggestion to you of taking that into a WhatsApp update, which I do for our little group down here. It's like, what's on this weekend? Because I've got no idea. <laughs> and then it doesn't take long. You just scan it. See what's inspired. We're, do, we're doing, we do three for the weekend every Thursday and it'll be kind of random because it is quite a big catchment area, which makes it a bit difficult, but at least it, it even if you don't go to them, I think the, the receipt of three really interesting things that you wouldn't have imagined were happening is just a nice thing to see. Like, and, and, like the conversion rate's not going to be high, but it's... People will travel. I mean, Froome's 40 minutes, same for Bruton. You know, there's an amazing, amazing stuff happening. So, yeah, it makes total sense. And that, can I say as well, another thing that people can do to help us is is to um, make connections and introductions. Um, we're very aware, you know, here we are. Everybody is, uh, you know, white, middle class, um, the Southwest doesn't index very well in terms of diversity, but we, we definitely want Nearfield to represent everybody and be for everyone. You know, I live in Bath. I worked on the community takeover of Bath City Football Club a few years ago. And it's a little known fact that the average life expectancy of a male in Twerton is nine years less than it is a mile away in Lansdowne because there's some huge levels of social deprivation and child poverty. And we want to be shining a spotlight on the great community projects and events that are happening not just in the in the cool places but in the the places that don't get press normally because they are in the shadows they they're underrepresented so we want to you know we want connections and to make sure that we're a broad church and we don't just fall into that trap of being you know male pale and stale agreed <laughs> Um, the, the, um, the, there's, a, there's an initiative that we haven't quite figured out. I mean, this is, this is the beta version. So but the other thing we'd like is feedback. Like, a, a, you know, what have we got right and wrong? Um, the, the middle of the magazine, what we'd like to do is give it over to a community group um, and, and to shine a light on a community group. And um, we had a couple queued up for the first issue and unfortunately they didn't work out. So there's a group that I'm involved with called Icebreakers, which is a men's cold water dipping group but predicated on male mental health and we've got chapters in bath bristol brighton and soon london um so the bath and bristol ones are very relevant so we've just we, we've got a sort of six pager in the middle with a couple of stories from the guys and it links of course to events because we do it twice a week and we do retreats three four times a year um and, and that's a really great opportunity to surface communities that maybe don't have a channel to reach the whole region and find their find their tribes, find their allies, find their supporters, find people that they can collaborate with. So every issue will have a community takeover where we'll try and give eight pages and it's not a sort of um, a sales piece for them, but it's for them to talk about who they are, what inspires them, where they go out. And again, trying to just get more voices into the magazine. Great, love it. Conscious of any questions from the audience? Yeah. Hello. 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 
Um, I moved to Bruton about two years ago. I now live about 20 minutes away from here. Um, I used to run my own magazine, so I'm always interested in print. What magazine? Uh, it's a wine and culture magazine called Above Sea Level. There are only a few issues. Cool. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I can make a magazine on my own. Why am I going to do this? <laughs> Um, but I think a lot of questions I've been asking now I've been down here and I live more remotely now and not in like a town is what sort of play and rituals um, look like in the countryside because I think we bring down a lot of our kind of ideas of like convenience because we're used to living in urban places so we're we're applying a very urban lens to oh, yeah. rural areas and I just wondered how you guys we're thinking about that and how maybe you could kind of stretch, I guess, people's understanding of, of rural areas through more of a rural lens, whether that was possible to integrate into the urban uh, side of things. Nice, nice question. It's a great question. I mean, it's actually, I, I, I'm taking it more as a challenge. We've got, we've got a few of these sort of, yeah. Yeah. There's a few of these sort of questions, and I mean, we're seeing this as a journey and an experiment and a work in progress, right? And I use the phrase "building the airplanes, it's flying" in my career far too many times, which is because it's not a great idea to build airplanes while they're flying. I'm no, I'm no engineer, um, but that I think that can we take that as a challenge? Because it's it's like we're this is the, this is the old Froome, new Froome thing, and it's it's there's all these dynamics around the new and the old, and the the young and the old, and um, you know, that's a, it's a great question. I mean, I've been wanting to do a feature on Westcombe Dairy for a long time, which is a, a really interesting story. The transition, it's, it's a father and son that run that. And the, the way that they operate the farm now is very different to how it used to be. And the decisions that they're making are based on not, you know, not the same decisions commercially that they were a few years ago. It's about how they use the land and, and operating in a certain way. So I think you can cover those stories in, from a really interesting perspective. Well, I think there's, like, I'm, I'm doing more writing and sort of food and farming. Um, and I, I think there's just a whole, like, flurry of people. Like, Tom at Westcombe is amazing, yeah. like, a real thought leader. Yeah. But there's lots of people that are doing interesting things that just aren't dialed into that conversation. Mm. And for me, like, good journalism is how do you find those people? How do you support them? So there isn't just this divide between the people that are doing things, as we perceive, through our urban lens really well, and people that have been down here for generations, how yeah. can we kind of invite them into the conversation, I guess, so it doesn't become us. I find it the biggest joy of publishing a regional magazine. You've got such an opportunity, and it's quite a responsibility that you don't fall into the trap of just you know showing one element of of society and, and the one that I might personally experience but you're absolutely right I think we that comes down to good commissioning and having a good um, broad church approach and making sure that we feature everybody I think even in this first issue we've got um, there's a piece a quite a long piece about um, the, the the migrant kitchen there's a kitchen in Bristol that's full of uh, that's run by uh, economic migrants there's the cold water dipping thing about icebreakers and men's mental health there's a hot there's there's a spread of things in there that are so it's not all events that you pay for and and previews of theater it's de definitely definitely not that um whether we've got the balance quite right yet or not i don't know but it's but that we've we definitely are trying to lean into the idea that it's interesting initiatives and projects so the, the migrant the, cookery school 
is a social enterprise um, where migrants from different cultures will come in and, and host supper clubs and they get paid, you know, and people come along and meet and, you know, it, so it has some social good. But that can sit alongside a, a Pennard Hill who are doing festive solstice, you know, banquets, right? And it, so one's cheaper, one's affordable, one's a bit more premium. Some stuff is free. I think that's the, 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 the notion of having free stuff is really important that, that there has to be free stuff in there because we want to try and bridge this divide between you know Lansdowne and Twerton in Bath and make sure that people in Twerton don't read it and go this isn't for me straight away so it's a, it can be a challenge because that's a massive audience socio-demographically and people are like who's it for and I, well, it, I hate the answer it's for everyone but it's sort of for students you know upwards to probably people in their 50s uh, is rough with a sweet spot around 30 something but really it's got to be for everyone in the region and the only thing we've not really done the first one is we haven't gone too far down the kids route we've got a families category but um our feeling was there's quite a lot of kids stuff there's a lot of bloggers and mumfluencers and all that stuff and, and that they cover that ground quite well but ultimately we should have that in there as well so we'll we'll, we'll be more inclusive of that too yeah. I love it. Any more pertinent, tough questions? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this is usually this or is usually really easy category. ones. He's, yeah. like, he's been trumped. <laughs> really, really easy questions are also <laughs> completely fine. You know. <laughs> yes. Or, yes. Or, yes. Or, yes. Or, yes or, no. Never explain. No. Never explain the brand. Never explain anything. James. In your side job as a data entry. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's early days. Are you beginning to see what you might describe as the ingredients list that uh, an area has to have to get that energy and creativity and kind of stuff happening? What um, might be? What might be those ingredients? Not a good question. These guys are good, aren't they? I know. I, well, I was just, yes, exactly. There's a lot of uh, firework nights and stuff. Um, I, I was just thinking, you know, there's a few things here that are really interesting. There's, there's, there's obviously comedy and fireworks and all that stuff. But um, there's there's like festive lino printing and there's contemporary artist fairs and there's a medium. This is all like in the next few days. There's a Stonehenge Festival of Neolithic Ideas. There's autumn foraging workshops. There's ballet. There's ghost stories. There's like there's knife skills in a cookery school. There's a festival. There's the Devizes Festival of Winter Ales. There's, a, there's Undivided, a boy band, a meta boy band tribute act tonight um, on the 4th of November. The conclusion is that there's just a lot of shit happening across the whole region. And, and um, I don't know what the ingredients are, but I, the, maybe one way of answering that is that there is, there's an unbelievable amount of stuff going on and we've yeah. only, we're just scratching the very surface of it. We, as you can imagine, da the data entry, the process of getting people to submit us events is not easy when it's unproven, they don't know what the hell we're talking about. So we've had to do quite a lot of the importing ourselves and it's all quite manual and laborious. Um, and even with that three or 400 events for launch, it's so diverse. There's so much stuff going on. And, and as I said, I'm, I'm, re I'm like earmarking things myself. I'm going, I want to go to that. I want to take the kids to that. My mates, there's a 60 years of Doctor Who art exhibition in the Western Supermare Museum. And my kid's best friend is a massive Doctor Who fan. So we got him that for his birthday and I'm going to take him in December. And it's, I, I'm unearthing stuff and I, I'm excited. I'm like, oh yeah, I, now I want to live here. I want to live here and I want to go there and I want to try that out. And um, another um, thing that we're going to do is we, we've built this whole thing in a, in a co-working space in um, in a farm just outside Bath. So we, we, we do that on Monday 
days and a couple of other days a week. But the plan is that we will go and work with our sort of disparate remote team from different towns in our catchment. So we, we have to we have to figure out the answer to that by going to Tetbury and spending the day there and meeting everyone and chatting to them and sitting in their cafes and co-working spaces and see what's going on there. Um, and, and getting a sense of place. Yeah, because I don't know yet. We've you know I've not been to Yate. You know, so and we will, we will, and and we'll spend a day in Yate. And you know, I I entered an event from Yate. Oh yeah, there's there's like a massive uh, wrestling. What's it called? M mixed multi. What do they call it? Mixed art. Yeah, MMA. There's an MMA final there in like two weeks' time. And I was like, wow, that's like it's quite big. It's quite a thing, you know. And it's that's in Yate. So um, so I think we need to go to places and get a feel for what they're about. And you know, who knew that this might be here? You know, this is a brilliant idea, and it's it's slightly unexpected. Um, and then you see the other places in Tishman, and It's like, oh no, it sort of does make sense. There is a sort of community threat. Well, you've done a brilliant job of placemaking the Nada Valley and sort of putting connecting these things together. I think we can be part of that conversation and that relationship with you, I hope, in service of that. We'll, we'll just have a bigger area, but hopefully we can feature your stuff in our framework. So we, we, we definitely see ourselves as in service of events, communities, places. That's the, the model is like in service and, and helping lift them up and connect them to and each and other. And possibly challenging some um, preconceptions. Like in Bath, my previous magazine, Circus, the two things we wouldn't ever talk about was Bridgerton and Jane Austen because it's so overdone already. What can we bring to that um, narrative? Yet there are these interesting events and, and gigs and things, people trying to, in the shadows, like try and be ambitious and brave and progressive. And we feel that we are the, the, the media organization that can support and incubate that yeah, but i mean building a little bit on james's question about ingredients it's also locality right to your point of understanding it and I, we were chatting before yeah. about i think there was a hell's angels uh, analogy of like local chapters yeah. right and just having ambassadors or you know within the different regions who subscribe to it or understand it or you know a it's coordination, right? Ultimately yeah. is what you're talking about. And, you know, tech can definitely help that yeah. in terms of the data entry. But fundamentally, it's having having that, uh, yeah, understanding or connection with what's happening yeah. that then that can be shared on a local, like super hyper-local and then on a, on a more sort of regional level. I, I don't think we're... A, no, it's, I missed that differently. So we might end up being a community of some sort or having some sort of underpinning community framework where you could have like your groups that you run down here my question is could they sit within Nearfield and you have like parallel groups to that in other areas as well that are sharing stuff and maybe some of the people would want to be on multiple groups you know so so it's actually sort of user generated event awareness is that a thing um, and uh, rather than us sort of pushing it in a traditional media way so we could that we could still have a role in that but could we sort of build a framework that people sit in and, and commune amongst themselves and invite each other to stuff that I mean it, it works right on on a sort of town by town level I, I there's a question as to whether that's what we want to be because that might be the role that we play it's like connecting all these regions it, it, it risks being a bit like next door or um or a facebook group yeah 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 well there's a different set of community moderation issues that occur then right so um in fact the facebook thing just to very quickly touch on that we we the big issue that events and, and community groups seem to have had is that Facebook came along whenever, 10, 15 years ago, and, and purported to be this, like, the solution, as in 
capital T-H-E. It was the community platform for everyone. And there was a moment in time when we were all on it. And, and that, that was true. And then events, put, events got put on there, communities got built on there. That's how you invite people to your wedding and your, you know, your bar opening or whatever it was. And then it stopped being the solution. And now I'm not on it. I, you know, more or less no one I know is on it. And yet still, that's the place where a lot of this stuff is happening. And it, and it feels like that, that's broken regional media because <laughs> regional media fell apart when Facebook became the solution. So I think in a way, we're, we're like a proper old school business. It's like put a magazine out there that everyone can see, have an email newsletter that tells people what to do and like search for things like you would on a classifieds website. So it's a very old school. There's nothing kind of AI or machine learning about this. You know, this is, this is the oldest thing in the world. So um, yeah, anyway, that was a rambling about Facebook. Any more questions? Thoughts? Comments? It is a good idea. <laughs> 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 show of hands. Show of hands. The logic makes sense, doesn't it? It's like if you build a framework and you put all these bits in it and everyone's got this sort of this um, circular relationship, it sort of feels like it could help. The, the, the experienced economy flourish and therefore businesses flourish. Oh, there's a good number that we just worked on in the car so I didn't get the zero in the wrong place. So if 10,000 people, right, in our region go to one more event each a month as a result of this and they spend 50 quid on a cab and a burger and a ticket, you know, that's, a de that's half a million quid. That's, that's, a, that's a decent slog of money sloshing oh, around... Yeah, or five pounds. I couldn't work out which one in the car, but the decimal point, okay, we think it's half a million. And if they go to two events a month that they weren't going to go to, that's a million quid. And that's like for, for rural areas where a lot of the venues have only got like 40 seats, you know, chucking half a million to a million quid's worth of more cash moving around the experience economy is going to help a lot of businesses. Um, and that's, that's brilliant. So the economic argument is fantastic i'd hope that weka which is this west of england combined authority who are li obviously listening to this have you never heard of it they need a branding job so they sort of combine the sort of rural areas under one banner uh, regional development funds so we've got one eye on whether those guys might be if they are listening you know give us a call because we want that grant money to connect the region because it's that's what they're trying to do that's part of their mandate and um, what what are they doing to connect the region and help kind of you know have a through flow of, of more traffic and more spend or you know better sort of economic growth opportunities so th this does there is a sort of economic argument to this we hope anyway yeah, i love it um <clears throat> conscious of time um what uh, we've covered about what you'd like everybody to do, but how can people get in contact? I mean, these guys are going to chat to you afterwards, but for anybody who's listening, what's the best way of getting in touch? Simon at the nearfield.com. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. You know, ideas for features, you know, um, stocking opportunities, you know, support, you know, we're pretty bootstrapped as Jack said. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll be needing help to actually make it happen. But it's really just getting people's feedback and support and, and getting the word out there. So please sign up. Humble, humble beginnings. Like we'll, 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 we'll take a phone call and a meeting and a chat and like just see what it's, – it's an experiment. So if people have got ideas, we'll definitely listen to them. I think we, our number one target is we want to hit 50,000 people on Instagram and 100,000 people with email addresses. And if we can get to those sort of numbers, it feels like – if you're, if you're trying to get 100 people to an event, 
those sort of numbers feel like conversion rates that would work. So that's any any ideas as to how to find a hundred thousand email addresses welcomed <laughs> <coughs> legally? Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thanks for coming down, guys. Um, I wish you every success. Massive advocate of it already. I think you've got a few converts here here as well. Um, and um, yeah. Thanks very much. Thank you for having us. Like this is, we've, we literally it went to press on Wednesday. We had a little party. Will was there. This this is great because we were like, what are we going to say? You know, is it, is it even interesting as a story? But this is a really good experiment as well to go right. Have you know how do we get the story right? Also feedback on that welcome. But it's a real privilege to come and thank you. Friday lunchtime, you know, it's it's great that you've all turned up and uh, let's have a chat. Another first. Another first. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you.